This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramia on AMI. Thank you for listening and or watching. Uh, we've been going through some Halloween traditions from around the world. We're starting to pick up a lot of these parallels as we read different uh, things that people do to celebrate or recognize or just have some plain fun around Halloween. So this next one comes from parts of Italy, and it's called Fave de Morti. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Somebody will tell me. But anyways, in Italy, Fave de Morti cookies were once baked from fava beans, but now they're made from almonds, which obviously sounds more appetizing. They're traditionally eaten on All Saints Day, also the day on which dead relatives are uh, visiting us, and we, you know, recognize them. Sometimes dressed in black. In some parts of Italy, uh, men will send their fiancés boxes of these cookies, also containing an engagement ring. Do you see this? This is not the first time we've mentioned marriage and engagement, right? During one of these traditions associated with the Day of the Dead. Okay. In Rome, it's a popular day to pop the question. In Palermo, in Sicily, um, celebrates by sending children gifts from the dead, like sweets. And in return, people will leave gifts on the grave of their dead relatives as well. So there's a lot of this kind of circling around between uh, recognition of the dead and also popping the question. So I'm not sure what to make of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how romantic in some places people might see know. that. But uh, then again, is who it just am I to fear talk? of like, ooh. You know, life's a full circle. Let's start here kind of thing. Let's appreciate here. This is a good reminder. No. <laughs> good reminder. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, we're going to pause on that and start talking a little bit about uh, our responsibilities for wildlife and for animal welfare. The Vancouver Humane Society, which is what we're going to be checking in on now, is a registered uh, charity dedicated to um, preventing and reducing animal suffering and promoting the humane treatment of animals, especially by taking responsibility for animal suffering caused by human activities, of course. Mm. And Halloween is a very unusual and potentially stressful time of year for our pets and other wildlife because, of course, we are, uh, you know, very involved with Halloween inside and out. So to talk more about this, we're talking, we're bringing on Vancouver Humane Society's communications director, Chantelle Archambault, to talk about tips that she has for a safe Halloween and to consider these things that we just said about wildlife and our own pets. Chantelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you. So what are some of these stressful hazards uh, for animals on Halloween? Do you care to like share some of these with us so we can uh, start somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Halloween can be a really fun holiday, but there are also a lot of stressful new, you know, sounds, sights, smells for our pets. And as you mentioned, uh, other animals like wildlife, like costumes they're not used to, trick-or-treaters coming to the door, fireworks uh, here in BC, of course. And there's also dangers from animals eating human treats that are left out Mm. and certain decorations um, like pumpkins, ribbon. So it can be a really fun holiday, but there are also steps that we can take to make sure it's fun for everyone and doesn't add extra stress for animals. Okay, so let's get into that. How can we keep our pets safe? And of course, low stress 
if we intend to answer the door to those trick-or-treaters out there? Yeah, um, great question. Well, there there will be a lot of noises tonight, um, mm -hmm. definitely from trick-or-treaters in certain places from fireworks. So if you can, uh, staying home with your pets is a really good idea. Being near you can calm your pet down, even if they don't feel like hanging out. Um, so you can give them a quiet, calm space where they can hide and rest. Uh, you can minimize noise by closing the windows and curtains and if you are handing out treats to trick-or-treaters, waiting for them so that they don't ring the bell either outside the door or by the door. Um, if you do have a dog, planning walks and potty training time early so they're not out when it's especially noisy. But if you do need to take out your dog to relieve themselves in the evening, it's a good idea to have a safe and secure harness so that they can't bolt if they get scared. Mm. That being said, it, it, it is better to be safe than sorry. So um, if your pet has an ID tag, you can make sure that they're wearing that in case they do get lost. Right. And also keeping human treats and wrappers out of reach of animals. A lot of Halloween treats can be toxic for pets. Um, if you're decorating using pet-friendly decorations and um, costumes for pets, not all, like, not all pets like costumes. So um, pay attention to signs of stress in your pets and don't force them into something that they're resisting. But if they are okay with wearing a costume, um, I know they can be really adorable. It's very tempting if they are okay with it. Make sure it's something that they can um, behave normally and that they can see and hear and move as they usually do. Um, and, you know, there are, there are going to be a lot of new sounds and experiences tonight that they aren't used to. So you mm -hmm. being calm overall is going to help them mm. be calm as well. Oh, that's such a fair point, right? Because uh, our stress levels or the way that we're handling the day and especially the night as people are coming in and out, uh, trick-or-treating, um, that that kind of energy would probably be very helpful to think about consciously in how our pets are reacting. Absolutely. They definitely mirror us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's an exciting time for us. We get carried away. And I think sometimes we forget that our pet may not feel the same way or may get it over-exuberant as well. And then we're calling the pet back saying, no, 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 leave the child alone. You know, because maybe your puppy's bigger and scaring the kids coming to the door because he just wants to say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, you go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, you mentioned fireworks. Um, it's not just Halloween, but, you know, throughout the year when we have uh, days and um, traditions of fireworks, maybe if you can touch on how we can help our pets feel more safe around them, your position on them on fireworks, obviously, as well. Uh, but really, just when it's unavoidable and when the noises especially are unavoidable around us in our neighborhoods and things like that um, how do you say we deal oh certainly yeah as you mentioned fireworks um they can cause a lot of harm to animals if you share your home with a pet you probably already know that their their hearing is typically far more sensitive than ours is yeah so um, studies show that about a quarter of dogs are fearful of loud noises and fireworks are definitely one of the most common noise-related fears. And then once they hear that, frightened pets can start hiding in dangerous places, they can escape from the house or your yard, um, they can get lost or hurt, so it can be quite dangerous. And wildlife, of course, as well, they, they do get frightened by fireworks, they don't understand what's going on with the loud noises and the flashes, so birds can panic and fly into cars and buildings, animals can abandon their young in nests, um, they can run into the road. So definitely um, quite frightening for them if you can avoid setting off 
fireworks uh, or participating in events that involve fireworks, that's definitely a recommendation. But as you said, sometimes it is unavoidable yeah. there are fireworks going on near you. So um, if you have a companion animal at home, keep them indoors if you can. Uh, as I mentioned before, you can plan potty breaks and walks early before the fireworks start happening. Mm. Um, have a secure harness in place if you do need to take them outside. You can also um, have a quiet, calm space where animals can hide. You can consider playing some quiet and calm music or white noise to drown out the firework sounds. Nothing too noisy. Um, you don't want it to be significantly louder than the normal noise level in your house would be. Um, also, if you can stay home with them, as I mentioned, being around their guardians often calms pets down, even if they don't feel like playing and petting. Um, if they do feel up to it, that is a great distraction that can help them feel safe and relaxed. But if they just want to hide quietly, uh, that's okay right. too. Mm. And I appreciate In you what you said about the calm slash quiet space or safe space. And sometimes it's not necessarily setting that up for the times that you're pet is stressed, but knowing where they will go hide or where they do like to go when they're tired or stressed out, right? Exactly. And just being near them is helpful there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that sound. So something white noise enough to cover up some of that, the fireworks, because as you know, they're, they're going to do it. You can't go out and scream at everyone or get them and say, you guys can't be doing that. Um, can we talk about how to prepare for the absolute worst? Like our pet escaping yeah, for sure. Um, so definitely in terms of pets getting lost, prevention is really key. So do be careful if you're opening doors, um, keep the windows closed, keep the, the windows and curtains shut. Uh, that can help minimize the noise and the flashing lights from outside. And cats that get particularly scared could bolt from loose screens. So um, keeping all of those, those exit points shut. Um, and if, if you do need to go outside, keep a secure harness on. But as you said, sometimes the worst can happen. Um, it's not always preventable. So if your pet has an ID tag, uh, always make sure that they're, they're wearing that if you feel there's going to be loud noises that could spook them out of the house or out of the yard. Um, if they're microchipped, make sure that that information is updated and registered somewhere so that um, any place that you would be looking for them normally, you would be able to find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it, sometimes it's just simple as um, you have cats in the house and you're opening and closing your door all night because of trick-or-treating, right? So it's just being mindful of where your pets are and, and how they are. Uh, I like to have my dog around my waist when I'm not sure how much door opening and closing there is going to be, so some things like that can be very helpful also just routines. Definitely. Yeah. And um, if there are a lot of trick-or-treaters coming to the door and you are concerned about opening the door a lot, um, I did mention keeping your pet in a safe, quiet space, but also keeping them in a space where they, they can't access the door is really helpful. Mm. Um, if you have a dog, putting a gate up would be really good. Right. If you have a cat, yeah. um, keeping a door closed where they're, they're in a safe and secure room. Um, yeah. And the noise from the doorbell can be stressful as well from trick-or-treaters. Exactly. So if you are handing out candy, a good way to head that off is just um, kind of waiting outside with the candy or waiting by the door and and kind of opening it before people mm. ring. Um, doorbells, yeah. even when there aren't trick-or-treaters and other stressful situations, can be stressful for pets. Yep. So heading that off is a really good option. And it's yeah, like and tenfold. some pets want to be able to see you, right? And, and if they're okay, if they're okay with the costume, that's not bad either if you're outside and, and he or she can look through the window. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, Chantal, is there ways that, um, you know, we can keep track of how things are being uh, tracked around? You know, you talked a lot about the pets, but going back to some of the wildlife and uh, ingestion of our treats or wrappers or litter or whatever else is going on, even bits and pieces of costumes and masks, I'm assuming, that people can be very, we can be very careless about because we're just thinking trick-or-treating and that's pretty much it but there is a lot of wildlife around us so I'm curious about you know is there a way that um, it, it, people keep track of that or a resource that keeps track of how wildlife is being treated especially around Halloween post Halloween I guess yeah, um, I would really reach out to your local wildlife rescues if you're concerned about that, but there's definitely preventative measures that we can take, um, as you mentioned, wrappers and parts of costumes, parts of fireworks, debris mm -hmm. on the ground. Um, we'll want to be cleaning up after the night or, or making sure that they're not falling on the ground in the first place. Um, so they can be frightened by fireworks, so not setting those off and not make, making sure those debris don't get into the environment. And also pumpkins um, are one that a lot of people yes. don't think of, but it is important to remember that those are a food items, so they can attract animals like bears, and that can lead to human-wildlife conflict. So um, to prevent that, you can bring your pumpkin inside at night, or you can display it indoors if you live in an area that has lots of wildlife activity, like in a window or something. Um, but if you are displaying a pumpkin outside, you never know what animals are going to be getting into that. There could be squirrels or other animals nibbling on it. So make sure you're avoiding using toxic substances that some people use for preserving carved pumpkins like bleach or petroleum oh, yeah. jelly. And if you do need to carve and um, preserve a pumpkin, you can use other solutions like a diluted vinegar solution, 10 parts water, one part vinegar is just as effective. Right. Yeah. And and when we're talking wildlife too, I just thought about how you know sometimes we we throw away saying like oh I don't live near a green space or not close enough for things like that. But honestly, you know even just animals that visit our backyards, right? There are lots of reasons why little with little to no um, awareness from us. Sometimes uh, we still have a lot of visitors from our friends. So thank you so much for all of these tips, Chantel. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We were speaking with Vancouver um, the Humane Society's communications director, Chantel Archambault, and talking specifically about preserving the welfare of wildlife and our pets during Halloween. Lots to think about, especially around the fireworks stuff, which is um, very much, you know, back burner conversation around Halloween. After the break, we have our book club review. It's the last Tuesday of the month. It happens to fall on Halloween, so we chose Holly by Stephen King. And by we, I'm talking about Greg David. He's going to join us to review the book with us. We'll be right back. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.